everyone. Welcome back to the River Heights Buzz podcast. Tonight we'll be talking about Season 3, Episode 6. We are your hosts. I'm Alexa. And I'm Candace. Tonight, it will be interesting, Candace. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Like we um, discussed briefly before we started, a uh, lot of questions and not a lot of answers. The more things that come up, we get some answers, but there's a whole lot more questions that come up. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I figured it was going to play out that way. And I, I think it makes it more exciting as things go along. But right now we're kind of like in the frustrating part because there's so many things that are not finished yet that it's really hard to tie everything together. Oh, yeah. So if you are ready to just get started, um, this episode I feel like last episode, when we were looking at the preview for this past week's episode, it looked like there was going to be a little bit more history involved, and that really wasn't the case. No, it didn't um, seem that way. Yeah, I thought that there was going to be more about the Civil War because they showed that brief clip where it looked like soldiers, like in the middle of a battle. Um and we got that for like half a second, which I'm not mad about, but it's just, it played out a little bit differently than I thought. Yeah. Sometimes they show things in previews and we think, oh yeah, it's going to show that whole thing. And then it's, nope, doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. Which I totally understand. Um, I mean, that, I guess that keeps people watching and, and ready for the next episode. Um, but like I said, I'm not mad about it. Um, so Episode opens, and we are getting a little bit deeper into Trot's past. Um, looks like we go back to, I think, 1992, if I'm right. And he is a kid with a paper route. Yeah. How normal. <laughs> it's like you had a, don't see often. <laughs> it's like you had a normal childhood. Yeah. <laughs> so... He is just, you know, on his paper route. They show a newspaper and there's a reference to uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, which I thought was interesting because that's one of the few references, if my memory serves right, to like an actual real world kind of person. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just a real quick little scene. Um, I don't even know if it was on the screen for five seconds, just a, a little blurb. Um and then Trot goes on his way and uh, is doing his paper route, which brings us to, um, and I can't quite remember how this led into it, but Nancy has a map. And in the beginning, we have absolutely no idea what it's to or where it's going. And she marks an X on the map. And my first thought was, wow, Nancy can read maps. That's really cool. I cannot. I'm horrible with directions. Yep. So if I was in Nancy's shoes right now, I'd be in trouble. Same. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, like after GPS. Thank God. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know how people like back in the day, they had like, you know, maps in their glove compartments or something. And be like, get the map out, passenger. Let's figure out where we're going. 
Yeah. I just, I cannot relate. My brain does not work that way. And it's not for a lack of like public school teaching me because we definitely studied that. I mean, we had geography classes and that was part of what we had to do was learn how to read maps. Still cannot do it to this day. Um, I have like PTSD from family vacations as a child with my dad printing out directions. This is going to age me printing out directions from MapQuest. Hey, and reading that. I still use MapQuest. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I read this thing and it was like talking about MapQuest and it was like, I think that they can get rid of like the first four or five steps because I think we know how to get out of our own neighborhood. <laughs> exactly. That was something that always frustrated me about MapQuest. It was like, this is just a waste of my time. I think I know how to get off of my street. But yeah. thanks. <laughs> So, okay. That makes me feel better. Like, I didn't know if that was just me aging myself and, you know, but I, I'm glad that someone else still uses it. Hey, kids nowadays are like, oh, I'll just look at it all on my phone. But, you know, at the end of the day, what if your phone dies and there's no signal or any of those things? How are you going to know where to go? Exactly. I feel like kids nowadays have it so easy and they don't even realize it. Yep. They didn't have to learn like we did, no. but anyways, so Nancy has this map and she puts X marks the spot on it and away we go trying to figure out what this is going to lead us to. Uh, I mean, context clues, you can kind of figure, oh, this must have something to do with the supernatural aspect of the frozen hearts killer. Um, but I mean, you know how that goes. There's always twists and turns when we least expect it. So you know, you can always have that as a guest, but you never really know until the episode continues. For sure. Um, so then we switch scenes and we get back to George and Nick, and she is still upset about how they left things off when she uh, told Nick where she was at, that she was meeting her biological father. Yeah. Like, I can get why she would still be a bit frustrated, but... She, like, I'm kind of glad that they almost, like, hashed it out in a way so that they could kind of hear each other's point of views about how to go about it, you know? Right. Um, so, like, they each, obviously, everyone has their own way of dealing with arguments, communication, all that stuff. And people, you know, have to adjust and adapt to all the different ways. So. Yeah, I mean, I could tell when they were arguing about it, that that was not going to be the end of that conversation. There was no way. No. Just the look on her face and you could tell how hurt she was by it. I was like, okay, this is going to be hashed out for a little while. Um, but I am glad that they did talk it out and he realized how his reaction was misconstrued. Like, I don't necessarily think that either one of them were necessarily entirely in the wrong um it's just i think a lack of like we always say life experience um but i mean just being so young and having i mean that's like a big kind of for lack of a better word a big kind of issue to deal with in a relationship and with them being so young it's easy to kind of fly off the handle and have such a crazy reaction yeah and it's even like towards the beginning, 
like when I think it was like Nick trying to talk about it with George, she just like snapped at him and just like you could tell she didn't really want to talk about it at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she definitely had to kind of work on it, you know, in her own mind before she could be ready to talk. And that's actually the adult smart way to handle it. So that way you're not still angry, not totally in control of what you say, because in that moment of being angry, you could say something that you might not be able to take back. Yeah. So not immediately lashing out about it showed growth. I thought. I agree. So they're having this conversation. They're at the youth center, which I'm glad is, you know, still in the background, but becoming more relevant in the episodes. Um, I think that that is very topical to today's world. And I love that Ryan is helping there. Me too. (laughs) Talk about character development. I think him working there and in any kind of capacity is just going to help him grow. Yeah. So that was exciting. I was so happy when Nick like offered him a spot at the center to like help out with everything. (laughs) Yes, that was a really, really sweet moment. And it just continues to show like all of the adult figures having spots in all of these kids' lives, even if it's not their kid. Oh, yeah. So I think that that kind of shows that it's a, a lot more tight knit group, not just the kids themselves, but the adults as well, you know, watching over them. Um. So having Ryan involved with that, like I said, I think is really going to help his character grow even more. And then when he offers to help Nancy, I was like, oh, my God, it's the father daughter dream team. (laughs) They're getting they're getting some bonding time. They are. And when I say that, I don't mean that I want to exclude Carson out of it because I don't. Um, I think Carson is always going to be a father figure in Nancy's eyes it might be a little bit of a different relationship but I don't think Carson can be replaced and I don't think that Ryan would want to replace Carson because he holds a special part in Nancy's life yeah so um but it is really nice to see the Ryan Nancy relationship going forward and um when Ryan started talking about Lucy, Nancy's real mother. I was, uh, I thought that was just really sweet and another really good bonding moment for them. I'm hoping that they like still bring up Lucy later in the season, just so that Nancy can kind of get to know her a little bit more and better in a way. Cause it's, you know, obviously we know what happened with Lucy in season one. Yeah. (laughs) So it's nice to know that like that's the first step Nancy took to be like hey what was my mom like my birth mom like yeah yeah because I mean and I'm sure we'll get there eventually later on in the weeks and coming months but yeah season one was really all about uh Lucy and at that point you know spoiler alert we didn't know who she was or how she really tied into this universe until the very last episode of season one where we found out that Nancy was essentially adopted. And it didn't even seem like she was like adopted. Cause I did, you know, they obviously didn't fill out all the paperwork. Like at that point, it was only like later on, I think that 
there was paperwork done. Yeah, I'm not really sure how that would have worked because like, I mean, Nancy has a job. Yeah, she's working at the claw and yeah, it's run by teenagers, but you still have to go by government rules as far as being a working person and paying taxes. And you would think that somewhere along the lines, either in that way or when she was trying to get into Columbia, that her birth certificate would have come into play. You would think somewhere, somehow, um, you know, you got to prove that you're an actual real human being before you can do adult things like work and pay taxes. So don't quite know how, um, that they got away with that, but I mean, you know, it can't always be perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And plus, Hey, this is a TV show. (laughs) Exactly. That's I kind of have to reel myself in even when I'm watching it every week, just because I fall like so far down the rabbit hole and I have to remember, okay, this isn't real life. These are not real people. These are just characters. Uh Kind of hard for me sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I know the feeling. But, you know, baby steps, right? Yep. (laughs) So as Nancy and Ryan are starting to, I guess, get a game plan kind of together, we switch scenes and we go back to Ace. And talk about character growth because he ends up speaking with the police with Carson along with him about bad daddy Bobsy. Thank God we're making good life choices. And Hey, we actually got to see bad news Bobsy like in the episode. (laughs) Yes. I was really excited because as much as I, I guess I'll say hate as much as I hate his character, his character is very well acted. Oh, yeah. So he really brings the drama. So I was really excited to see him um, back on this week's episode. So Ace is making the right decision. He's talking to the police. He's trying to explain what happened, that he was just helping Bertram with this task, that he didn't know anything else that he got back into Ace's car and had bloody knuckles. And Ace was like, nope, don't want anything to do with this. You need to leave. I need to keep my nose clean. So he's, you know, this shows growth to me that he is kind of trusting the process, trusting Carson's um, advice, both legal and just life advice, and is doing the right thing by telling the police. And It almost seemed as though Carson was representing Ace even though Carson's like, Hey, I can't do that. (laughs) Yeah. That was kind of interesting to me because it was like, it was almost like he was there, but kind of standing in the background, like just making sure that Ace didn't say either too much or explain the situation in a way that could lead to deeper questions. If that makes sense. It does. (laughs) At least to me. Yeah. (laughs) So he was there kind of just, you know, in the background, making sure that everything was okay. Very dad-like behavior. Yeah. So um, all that's happening. Ace is speaking with the police. And then we look over and we see that Ace's mom and dad are there at the police station because somebody threw a brick through Ace's window. (laughs) And you can see that Ace is, you know, like worried about them because he doesn't want anything bad to happen. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. But you can still see that tension there. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I understand where his father is coming from. Like he wants his son to be responsible and be a, a man, but still it's his son. And so I can see the conflicting point of view. Um, but I will say, I'm glad that later on in the episode, uh, they kind of begin the steps to patching things up. And I know that Ace's father, Tom was saying that it was his mother was saying that he could come back and should come to a family meal and all of that. But you could tell that it was Tom that was saying that it might have been his mother as well, but on some level, Tom wanted, wanted Ace to come home too. And you could tell that like, they don't want this rift to be like extended in a way because you know you don't want to be if you see them obviously around the town they would like "Eh, oh hi you know like awkward about it yeah um and it's you know obviously it's going to be baby steps for them to get the relationship back on track so yeah i mean you could tell that there was still some anger i don't know if i would say resentment but i mean ace kind of dropped a bombshell like his mother knew absolutely nothing about his brother and that's huge. So I can see where Tom is coming from. Like, should he have come clean from the very get go? Absolutely. But once again, that's easier for me to say, not being in that situation, say, Hey, you should have done it this way. But yeah, you know, you live and you learn and I'm glad that they're starting to take baby steps to kind of mend that relationship. Cause that's not going to be an easy fix that, you know, again, emotions running high and you say things before you even think perfect example. And sometimes you might say something about somebody else and someone kind of comes up behind you and they didn't even know about it. Like in this case. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully they'll continue to kind of mend that bridge. But while that's happening, then all of a sudden, Amanda Bobsey shows up. And I thought we were done with her. So I was very upset to see her. Can I just say, like, when I saw her, I was like, boo. I mean, really, that's how I felt, too. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I even said it out loud. They need to break up. (laughs) And that's not even. Okay. Nace is real in my heart. And yes, that's a reason why, but she's a Bobsy and just by association, bad news. Okay. So this is almost like Ace would have been guilty by association because he was in the same car as dad Bobsy. Mm-hmm. And now it's almost like flipped around because it's like Amanda's a Bobsy and like the whole lot of them are bad news and they're all like, ugh. yeah, no, that that's exactly how it is in my, in my mind. It's like, oh, you're a Bobsy by birth. I instantly don't like you. <laughs> it would have been something if uh, Gil showed up and was like, oh, this is a whole family affair. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I kind of wonder if he's going to be in it because I think we talked about it a couple episodes ago where he had talked online and made it seem like he wasn't um there with them while they were filming which i mean that could have been just the beginning part because you know i mean 
um, when TV shows and movies are filmed, they don't necessarily film it in sequential order. You know, they kind of just film things as it comes up. So, I mean, he could show up later on down the road. I don't know. Um, as much as I don't like Gil, again, I think he is a great actor. And so I, I, I love the drama that it brings. Like all these actors, like for the Bobsies, like they're really good actors. It's just like their characters are just, we don't like them. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I almost think that by playing a complex character like that, it really shows your acting ability. And I think that that's why they really shine is just because the character is so, I don't know if I'd necessarily say evil, but just so bad character wise, like person wise that it makes it really fun to watch. Um, so Amanda shows up. That's kind of awkward because Ace is like happy at first, but it there's some weirdness there because she was gone. And then we go back to Nancy and Ryan, thank God, because I needed a break. <laughs> Even though it was like a short time on the screen, I'm like, get that out of off the TV. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think that scene was two minutes, but it was too much for me already. Yep. <laughs> so I was glad we were back to Nancy and Ryan. Um, and then this is when uh, they were talking about Lucy, Nancy's biological mother, which, like I said, had a tear in my eye. It was very yeah. sweet. Um, you could tell that Ryan truly loved Lucy and it was horrible what happened to her. Um and I think that what happened to her forced Ryan to grow up, but he was still so young, a teenager himself, that he just chose some easy ways out. And that's purely a Hudson thing. I think he's just a product of, at that point, his family. I mean, when you're that young, you really don't have any life experience outside of your immediate family in most cases. And if your immediate family is up to some not so good things, that's going to be your normal. Yeah. And you think it's going to be all like all okay, but in reality, it's not. Yeah. So thank God he grew up. It might've taken him a little bit. It only years, took him, but... only took 18 years. Yeah, but I mean, hey, better late than never. So, you know, yeah. I'll take it. So they are hot on the trail on this map and they find this like dilapidated looking building house kind of situation. Ryan's looking through the windows trying to figure out a way to get in. Nancy was totally ready to bust that window out. And I was like, Yes, girl, this is Nancy Drew game energy, and I'm here for it. And it's like, and Ryan's kind of like, I don't think that's a good idea. But like, and then Nancy's like, you wanted to come along and see what, like, I've been doing for the last X amount of years. Like, <laughs> that's it, buddy. <laughs> Get on the Nancy train, man. <laughs> but I did like that his reaction was kind of like, hold up is this exactly the right thing we should be doing? Because that's like the inner dad sense kicking in. Yeah. Well, so I, I did like his response in, in that aspect. Um, so Nancy's trying to um, break through this window. And then the next thing we know, Ryan falls through the ground. And dislocates his shoulder. <laughs> Which, ow, I've never done anything like that. Knock on wood. 
I've never had an injury like that, but that looked very painful. I've dislocated both my shoulders and one of my elbows as a kid. Oh my God. And, and you know, part of it was cause I'm like a kid goofing off and stuff. And, but it was painful. Yeah. <laughs> and like for my elbow, I ended up having to go to the hospital and get it checked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that bad. Yeah. And I'm like, and I haven't, you know, like the odd time, like depending on the weather, they'll be sore, but I haven't like, you know, nothing major going on with them. Thank goodness. Yeah. (laughs) So, and the funny thing is my one cousin, like her husband, he's like, after we told him what happened, he's like, you're like Mr. Potato Head. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, you get with potato heads, you can like remove like the body parts and stuff. Oh, yeah. (laughs) like thanks (laughs) yeah I can't imagine how much that could hurt and the fact you know Nancy is ridiculously smart and knows a lot of stuff and is able to actually pop that joint into place um holy crap Nancy add that to your resume because that's amazing like that can come in handy in a pinch when you're hurt and you don't have the ability to go and be seen by a medical professional you know, being able to kind of fix it in that moment for the time being is a good skill to have. (laughs) And the funny thing is, is how she was able to get the shoulder back in place. She brings up the chore wheel. Of course she does, because, I mean, hello. He, Ryan's not picking up his slack. No, no, he's not. And Nancy, as you know, as much as she goes out and does her own thing and might not necessarily always follow the exact letter of the law, there are some things that she's a stickler about, and that chore wheel is one of them. At least her and Carson are, like, on the same page. Like, we got to get this stuff done, even if it's, like, the basic things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just makes everything run much smoother. And with Ryan there in the picture, it's like three's company. So, I mean, they got to get some kind of order going in order to make things go every day. Um, But yeah, I think that that was really funny. Um, So Nancy is fixing Ryan's shoulder. We go back to Amanda and Ace and I'm just like, ugh. Face palm. Yes. (laughs) All the time. But they are having a very serious moment and Amanda is hurt because I can see how she could feel like she's stuck between a rock and a hard place because on one hand, out of all the Bobsies, I think she's probably the best one. Um, And I can see how she's conflicted because on one hand, her father is doing things that are obviously illegal but it's her dad. So I can see how she would be conflicted between doing the right thing and taking care of your family. Yeah. So that makes it really tough for her. And I can see how Ace would be like, yeah, I understand that's your father, but we need to do the right thing. And I'm just saying if I was in a relationship faced with something like this, that would be, a, you know, a breaking point. Yeah. And it almost seemed as though Amanda knew where her dad was the whole time. She was real, real shifty about it. 
because she was like, I don't know where he is. And even if I did, I wouldn't tell you. The way you say it makes us think you know more information than you're going to say. But okay, that's fine. And it almost seemed as though Ace kind of picked up on it almost. Yeah, I think he did. And maybe that's just a product of, you know, hanging out with the Clue Crew so much. You start picking up on things like that. But I thought it was pretty obvious, I think. Um, so he yeah. takes that and runs with it. And we see it later on, too, when Amanda goes to see her dad at his boat. And, like, they're talking and everything about Amanda not saying where her Gil, uh, Gil, Bertram was. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like Ace da, 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 follows Amanda and he gets busted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which dad, dad gets busted, not Ace. <laughs> right. Right. Which I feel like Ace following Amanda was a very Nancy move. Um, and it worked out better than he even imagined, I think, because he, since he was able to lead the police to Bertram, they let him off scot-free, um, dropped any potential charges against him, and they gave him a full pardon for doing that. Because honestly, who knows what all Bertram's been up to? Because, I mean, he has legitimate blood on his hands, literally and figuratively. So really, who knows the depth of what he's into? Yep. So thank God the police got him. We'll see where that ends up. So I was was like clapping and like doing a happy dance. I'm like, yay, Ace is free. Yes. I was like, this is just a good episode for Ace. He is really choosing the right path this time. Thank God. Because I was nervous when he took that laptop that had the picture of him on the security camera with Bertram. I was like, oh no, is he going to destroy evidence? But thank God he made the right choice. So all of that's happening. And Ryan and Nancy, after she, you know, doctored up his shoulder, they make it through the tunnels underneath this abandoned building and they come out and um, they end up in this historical society building. And they end up being face to face with Bess and George. (laughs) Yeah. So that leads me to my next question, which is, um, this was kind of my overall overarching question for this episode is what do we think without taking the very end of the episode into consideration? What do we think about Hannah Groon? At first I was kind of like, Hey, she might, you know, she's helpful. Like she's nice enough to to the Drew crew, you know? But then, like, as time went on, it's kind of like, is she really trying to help them? Or is she trying to prevent them from finding the answers? I just feel like she has an ulterior motive. And I don't necessarily know to what extent, but she knew all this information. She's not surprised by any of the supernatural stuff like we saw in previous episodes. She had all this historical knowledge and information and it's like, okay, here's the eternal struggle. Are you going to use that information for good or are you going to use it for bad? And at this point, 
I personally just get bad vibes from her. She just seems sketchy and shady. And I don't quite know how she fits into the overall picture. But as of this moment, I don't trust her. And I don't know about you, but like, I just thought about it where, what if Hannah, you know, like each of the past two seasons, there's been like that one person, like real life or ghost, that's like the bad person. I'm wondering if this season it's Hannah. I kind of wonder that too, because I kind of wonder if, especially with this episode, I wonder if the writers were trying to make us think that um, Bad News Bobsy Bertram was the real villain when he might be the villain, but not necessarily the main villain. So I wonder if that was kind of trying to throw us off. I just thought of something else. What if Hannah's like, the big shot boss and Bobsy is like working with her in some way. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest. It wouldn't surprise me. I would be surprised, but not at the same time, because it's like they throw so many curveballs that I swear to God, anything is possible. Yep. <laughs> and I mean, like I said, she has all of this historical knowledge and is like totally okay with all the supernatural stuff happening and acts like it's no big deal. So it wouldn't surprise me if she really was one of the ones that was like in charge of whatever it might be. I don't even know what the bigger picture is, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if she was like a higher up in that. Now, I think that for me, I'm like, with all this stuff happening since the beginning of the season, I'm like, and they're in the historical society. Bess is there watching the place. You're like, where is Hannah in all of this? Exactly. Which okay. is another reason why I don't trust her. And it's like, she's she's an interesting character, to put it nicely. <laughs> she is. And I feel like they haven't given her a lot of screen time, which makes her more mysterious. Just because we don't really know exactly what she's up to. Um, so yeah, I don't trust her. I think she's hiding a lot of stuff, which I mean, if you're trying to keep supernatural stuff from, you know, the townsfolk, I get that how big of a job that must be because, you know, I'm assuming the average person is not going to be totally okay with knowing that there are ghosts and stuff in the world and that that's a real thing. I can't imagine your average person just being like, Oh, this is normal. This is okay. So I can kind of understand the pressure of that. But if she's even answering to someone higher up than that, I mean, I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised. And remember like with the ice heart killer guy, he did say that there's like bigger things going on that we haven't seen yet. So I wonder if, I wonder if all of this stuff with Hannah is part of it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Like I said, with the connection to the historical society and they were talking about civil war relics, who would have access to something like that? Someone affiliated with a historical society makes total sense. Yeah. So I, I kind of get that affiliation with it. And so going back to that, we get back to Nancy and Ryan and they're in like that tunnel area and they see the cage where the um, supernatural being the counterpart to the frozen heart killer was at. And there's a creepy doll down there. 
And I'm just saying I wasn't having it because I don't like dolls. They scare me. I really don't like them. So of course this had something to do with the doll because they're one of the most creepy things ever. I don't know about you, but that doll almost reminded me of one of the dolls from, um, was it the, one of the games, the train. Last train of blue moon Canyon. That's it. <laughs> yeah. When we had to organize those creepy dolls and one of them had like scars on the face cause it had been broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Haunts my nightmares, but that's another conversation. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about the, the games later on. Yeah. The we'll definitely get there. <laughs> <laughs> We're jumping the gun here. Candace. Yeah. See, I, I can't help it because I just, I watched the show and there's so many references, no matter how small they might be um, to like the book universe and the game universe that I can't help, but just connect it all in my brain. And then it gets really confusing. So I apologize for getting off, off topic on that, but I just, I can't help it. I get so excited about Nancy Drew. Yeah, me too. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the show, um, Amanda, uh, despite all of her faults for just being, you know, a Bobsy by birth, um, does a smart move and gives the key to her father's storage unit to Ace mm-hmm. and gives him some information saying, Hey, there's civil war relics in there. You might want to look in there if that's what you're looking for. And so like, with all that hype from the preview, it's like you would have thought we would have went to the storage unit and seen all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But Nope, didn't happen. <laughs> no. So maybe that's that could be next week's episode. Yeah, um, could be. But I feel like I still don't like her. <laughs> but it was nice of her to say, here, Ace, I don't appreciate what happened. I don't like that my father is, you know, in jail and police custody, but he's done some bad stuff and I can recognize that. Here's his storage unit key do with that what you will and it, she even mentions too that like in a way she's trying to help george with all of george's stuff with yeah. the life expect expectancy yeah yeah so not only does she give the key but she breaks up with ace thank god well, hallelujah <sighs> i mean long time coming which really isn't a long time coming in the timeline of things, but it feels like it's been forever. Mm-hmm. So we have some closure with that. Thank God. So all that's happening. We flip back to Bess and George and Nick and George is still upset about Nick. Um, like I said, get that totally understand it. Um, but George kind of has a moment with Bess and she tells Bess that I think George recognizes that Bess is kind of going through something right now. And they're going through that footage um, at the historical society. And Bess didn't realize that her steamy little makeout session was on camera. (laughs) Oh, Bess. But George kind of has 
a heart to heart talk with Beth since, you know, essentially tells her, you know, take a chance on the possibility of being rejected. Like that's part of life. And I think with George having that conversation with Bess, she internally realizes maybe I'm being a little overboard with Nick. Yeah. So I think we see a little bit of growth there as George and Nick are now talking like civilized people and are, you know, making it through this little speed bump. Yeah. So that was, that was something really good to see because I've been telling you each week, my faith in George and Nick, you know, making it as a couple getting thinner and thinner. Now, do they have a ship name? <laughs> I don't know if they do or not. We need to think of something for them. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I don't know if they do or not because obviously we have NACE. Nancy and Ace, which is, you know, perfect. Um, but no, I don't know if George and Nick have one. I'll have to do some research. I'll get back with you on that. Okay. Or even if the listeners want to like have their two cents worth, like yeah. let us know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because I'm still trying to think of a nickname for temperance. I still haven't gotten it yet. It'll come to me. I just need some time. Yeah. <laughs> so George and Nick, have their grown-up discussion. Everything seems wonderful, sunshine and butterflies again. And so we're still watching the um, security footage from the historical society. And then we see a little snippet of Hannah knowing all about that secret door, which again, just mark it on my list. Another reason why I think she's shady. Mm-hmm. Which uh... I understand you work in that building. We don't necessarily know how long she's worked in there. So does it make sense that she knows like the nooks and crannies of it? Yeah, but I don't know. It just still feels shady to me. Yeah. Oh man. It's so what, what's going to be next? Honestly, I don't know. But from the preview of next week's episode, this week's episode, um, something about Carson and Ryan being teenagers again, like, I'm here for it. I saw some pictures, um, like, on Twitter, and I'm like, that's going to be fun. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to it. I got really tickled about it. My husband got tickled about it. Um, Yeah, so... I'm interested to see exactly how that plays out. Um, you were just talking about Twitter. I took a screenshot. Hold on. I, I've got to find it because I, I'm going to say it again. It's like Kennedy just wakes up and chooses chaos mm-hmm. every day. Um, okay. So she posted um And since we're on video, I'll show you since I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it's a blurry picture of Kennedy and the actor who plays Ace. I actually can't. Are you you showing it to the camera, Candace? Oh, yeah. Can you not see me? No. Oh, okay. My bad. (laughs) Well, I'll just describe it for you. Like I said, it's um, Kennedy and the actor who plays Ace. I actually don't know his real name. Alex Saxon. Okay, there you go. 
<laughs> and he's smiling. She is very obviously laughing. And Kennedy's mom in real life, her name is Lisa, comments on the picture and says, Kennedy, I believe I need to have a word with you in private. Uh-huh. To which Kennedy responds, have your people contact my people. <laughs> she knew what she was doing by posting that picture and how everybody would lose their minds. So oh, once man. again, just a great example of her choosing chaos. Um, and then this is a screenshot from what I saw today and I'm shouting it out again. The Nancy Drew struggle tweets, Twitter. Yeah. Um, they did. Uh, it's some random person that just, you know, sent out a tweet and said the episode get the 10 out of 10 for quality, but a zero out of 10 for no narc, which I assume is the Nancy and Park kind of ship name. And Kennedy comments on it and says, don't worry, my darling. <laughs> so what does that mean? I'm hoping that Park doesn't end up hooking up with Nancy. <laughs> I have weird feelings about it. Like, I don't know how I really feel about it because I feel like it's just a totally different dynamic and strange. And I don't necessarily know if he's a whole lot older than her character, but it feels that way. Yeah. It it feels weird. Did you see on Instagram, uh, Kennedy and the actor that plays park, they were doing like some kind of a cartwheel kind of thing down a hallway on set. (laughs) No, I did not. Who posted it? I think that Kennedy did, and I think he did too. I think. Hmm. I'll have to look into that. Oh my gosh. I just realized I'm a horrible fan. I'm not following her on Instagram. Let me fix that real quick. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, uh, yeah the video was posted November 8th. And the actor's name is John Harlan Kim. Oh, okay. I see it now. Oh my gosh. He can do a much better cartwheel than I can. (laughs) Oh, wow. See, I can't imagine how much fun it is on set with that show because they all just seem like they genuinely get along and it makes the chemistry on the actual show that much better. Like, I I have no words. It's so good. Sometimes I wish I was able to visit the set at some point and, you know, meet everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be amazing because they all seem like such genuinely nice, caring people. And they all seem like they have a good relationship. Um, And it just, it really translates to the screen and it, it makes it that much more enjoyable to watch. Yep. So, um, I guess that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Do you have any final thoughts? I'm just looking up words to try to describe um, temperance. <laughs> Random thing. Um, one, one could be torturous. Yeah. Or tor, tortoise. I don't know how to say this thing. But it's, it says complex and difficult to follow. 
full of twists and turns. True. Or she could be toxic. She's like poisonous and she has having a damaging impact. Um, I think I really like that toxic temperance because I feel like she's toxic. I feel like there's a lot we don't know about her and I don't necessarily know if that's a good thing. Cause like I said, I really don't trust her and I feel like she is really just feeding off of Bess for lack of a better word. Um, just because I feel like Bess has so many issues going on and she's kind of just reaching out for any kind of attention she can get. And I feel like temperance is going to use that to her advantage, which could lead to Bess's disadvantage. Yeah. So I do worry about that. Hopefully Bess will not get into too much trouble. I hope. I hope. Fingers crossed. (sighs) But I guess we'll just have to wait and see on that. Um, I don't know if you saw on the our Instagram that I had posted the other day that I've started playing Labyrinth of Lies. I did. <laughs> I have not played it until now. Um, I'm not very far into it because I had you know, just some other stuff that I had to, to do, but my plan is to get further into it, um, this week and kind of post my progress as I go. Um, but I'm really liking this one. I don't have a whole, whole lot of experience with the later games. Um, but I love the way that it feels like you have more control over the mouse and you can kind of move it around more when you're having conversations with people. Whereas in the older games, the second that you start talking to someone, the mouse goes into the dialogue box and you can't move it out of there until you're finished with the conversation. Um, yeah. which I guess it's not really something that matters because it's not like you're moving around when you're having a conversation with someone, but just the controls in general. I mean, it, it's like a night and day difference. Yeah, from I, the find, I find as though like with the mouse in like the speech bubble kind of thing, I find as though it was more so in the early games that you weren't able to move your mouse around compared to now with like the later games, you're able to be like move the mouse more freely. Yeah. So it's, which is nice to see. Yeah. It's like you have more control over the surroundings. And if I'm not mistaken, I thought I saw a button where you can like breeze through conversations faster. (laughs) Yep. Which I mean, I could see if you were not super interested in that, but I feel like when you're having those conversations with those characters, you're learning a lot. And I don't ever want to fast forward through conversations like that. I feel I've like never out. I've never done that. And yeah, it's true. It's like you I feel like you would miss out on a lot of like different conversations. Yeah. And maybe just like one one little phrase or one thing that could be necessary for the end game yeah so but yeah so that's what i'm doing right now labyrinth of lies i really like it i'm probably only i don't know 15 or 20 minutes into actual gameplay um but i'm finding it easy to navigate i'm having a good time i like the idea of it being greek themed and uh something else having to do with 
uh, like theater because one of my favorite games is the final scene. It holds a very special place in my heart. Um, love the theater concept. So I was super excited to realize that this kind of is a little bit similar in that aspect. Yeah. I do have one more comment about the, this last episode that we watched. Um, So usually when Nancy, you know, is trying to get into places, she needs a key to get in and she never has one. And she's like, it's locked. (laughs) She finally has a key. She can get into the the secret room. I know. I know. I was so surprised. That never happens. No. (laughs) Everything is always locked. Yeah. (laughs) In the books and in the games. It's like, it's locked. Need to find the key. Where is the key? (laughs) Yeah. Which talking about, and here I am again, another tangent, but talking about the parallels between the books and the games and the TV series, I think it's really, really interesting that they have Hannah Gruen in the TV show but her character is kind of up in the air. We don't necessarily know if we like her. We don't necessarily know if we don't like her. Whereas in the books, she's like a mother figure to Nancy. She's like the housekeeper and she's always there and has been there since Nancy was a little girl. So I think it's interesting the total like 360 kind of change from the character in the books. It's like she's two totally different characters on like each end of the spectrum almost. Yeah. I mean, it really is. So I thought that that was really interesting. And I feel like that's kind of a nod to, you know, fans of the books more so. Cause I feel like if you're just now, well, I mean, obviously if you're just now watching the show and you don't have any kind of Nancy background, you're not going to know that Hannah exists in the book world. Yeah. So I love that. They're just tiny little things here and there. Yeah. I think it makes it really special for us people that have been fans for a long time. Mm-hmm. For sure. So I think I've talked your ear off enough. About it's all good. Kids. Had a lot of notes. Um, you listeners, uh, kind of what I do is I take notes as we go. And I know Alexa takes notes. And what I like to do is bombard Alexa right before we start recording with screenshots of all my notes so that she can see how far down the rabbit hole I went. And yeah, it's like every week it's a little bit further. <laughs> yep. It's like, it's like we're going into Alice in Wonderland's world. In a way. I mean, essentially, yeah, call me Alice because that's pretty much where I'm at. You know, like... We are, instead of being Alice in Wonderland, where it's Nancy in Wonderland. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Actually, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess with that, before we go off on another tangent, we'll just leave it at that. Um, so, thank you for listening to this week's episode of River Heights Buzz Podcast. You can check us out on Instagram at River Heights Buzz, and you can email us at riverheightsbuzz at gmail.com. Check us out next week as we dive into season three, episode seven. Bye. Bye.